note I hear as we've gone through each of these, we keep using the phrase in Christ or in Him. And again, it speaks to the gospel of what, what has been done for us. And now that the Spirit has you know, saved us and um, is within us, then it's this constant reassurance that we don't have to find outside of ourselves. And that as we walk in the Spirit, as we're commanded to do, that this is where it's going to come. Hello, this is Michael, the producer of the Redeemed Hearts podcast, where we encourage you to allow God to transform you mentally, emotionally, and relationally by living from your redeemed heart. Your hosts, Willie and Danina Kennedy, are licensed professional counselors and are the founders of Redeemed Hearts Ministries. Welcome to episode eight. Today, Worley and Danina are joined by Danina's sister and fellow counselor, Amy Soderquist. This episode is part two of three on chasing freedom, a biblical understanding of our longings and the problem of idolatry. Here's Worley and Danina. Welcome. We are coming back to you with my sister, Amy Soderquist, who's also a licensed professional counselor. And um, we're really enjoying getting to um, interact with her on some of her content here on a talk that she has given called Chasing Freedom, where we've taken a look at um, idolatry. And if you remember, if you listen to our last podcast, and this is part two of Chasing Freedom, that we covered, um, in, in covering idolatry, we ask you to settle down into it. And so today we're really going to do that further. We're going to settle down into it so that we can think about ourselves and um, think about what might be idols in our lives, good things that then become things that we put in place of God. And so Amy has a, a chart that she's going to share with us, describe to us, and then also we're going to take some time to go through the Enneagram and break down just who who we are and who, who you might be as we go through that. So, Amy, to get us started, we'll talk a little bit more detail. And let me say that if um, you're on our email list or you follow us on social media, we'll post her chart It's um, so that you'll be able to visually see what she's talking about and explaining here a little. Yeah, so in our last time together, we talked about how in the longings that God's given us, if those longings turn into idols, we can begin to try to fill that longing out of our own uh, will and our own desires. And so that would be considered living out of the flesh. And so as you think about this chart, there's there's a path that we can take that's living out of our flesh when we are dissatisfied. And um, so those longings get stirred up in us and we want to turn to things that are counterfeits. And so like today, since we're talking about the Enneagram and I'm a nine on the Enneagram, um, I long for peace and just a restful, peaceful place. And so... You know, I could consider uh, a counterfeit to that of like sitting at a, a bistro table with a cup of tea. But at the end of that cup of tea, life goes back to normal and my peace is eluded and it's gone. And so in our longings, if we are living out of our flesh, we turn to things that are counterfeit and they don't last. They're just temporary. And so we circle back around to feeling dissatisfied and, and then we're like chasing our tail, just trying to bring some satisfaction to our life. Whereas if we're living led by the spirit... When we have those longings for peace or whatever your longing might be, we turn to seeking Christ and allowing him to be my peace, which breathes into me life, breathes eternal things um, 
into my heart that leaves me feeling satisfied. And so we, we kind of have a choice in our longings and chasing after that freedom, whether we do it out of the flesh, which is temporal, or whether we do it out of the spirit, which will lead to lasting satisfaction and um, eternal perspectives. And that takes us back to, I mean, one of the things that we quoted from Tim mm -hmm. Keller in the last podcast was just that he says idolatry or idols can be good things that become ultimate things. And one thing I know about you, Amy, is that you've created a lot of places and spaces. You have bistro tables. You have, you know, beautiful spots to sit and um, to enjoy rest and to find kind of peaceful places. So those things are good things. Um, we, we all enjoy them when we're in, the, in your places. But um, it can cross over to becoming an idol or an ultimate thing. And I... Um, when it really replaces God and what, you know, you're good at saying stuff about, I mean, how we need to elevate the creator. Um, you know, if you're sitting looking from one of your tables out at the mountains. Right. And I do know that like for me, a very peaceful place is the outdoors or the mountains. But when the mountains become my source of creating peace, then I'm not left satisfied versus recognizing that God is the creator of me and the mountains. And it's through that experience and through keeping my focus on the creator that I get to experience his fullness in that place. And that is lasting rest. That is lasting peace. It's not temporary. And it really frees you to enjoy those things more because you're not trying to find everything all in that. You're, you're filled up with Christ and then those are the extra. Why can't we just walk in the spirit and we won't carry out the desire of the flesh? That is a command to us in mm -hmm. Galatians. And we, we are saying you must walk in the spirit and you won't carry out the desire of the flesh. But we want to settle into thinking as God's created us to think, understand how we have choices, understand that feelings are attached to our thinking so that we can know the, the deceitful ways of our own fallen hearts and then turn from it. And so this is an exercise to do just that. This is some things you've put, put together well as you've created um, from the Enneagram just some statements about how we would um, be idolatrous in what we do as opposed to how we would be walking in the Spirit and in Christ. And so really like what you've done here. So if we're ready, we'll begin to just go one by one. And so if you're not familiar with the Enneagram, I think you're going to catch on here fairly quickly to the various uh, numbers that are assigned in the Enneagram and talk about each one. So we'll begin with just type one, and it's the perfectionist, or also sometimes called the reformer. And so, Danina, you're going to tell us a little bit about how we might uh, make an idol in, in being a... a type one. So a type one, um, when they try and pursue finding satisfaction outside of Christ, are going to tend to strive to 
be right and um, to do everything perfectly in order to feel loved and respected and approved of. And um, I, I get this personality type because this is me. Mm -hmm. So I'm always looking at everything I do or, you know, uh, myself or relationships, whatever it might be as, I mean, how could that be better? I mean, we'll do our podcast and I'll think, well, next time we do the podcast, let's do it this way. I mean, it's just so ingrained in me that I'm thinking about how, how do we do this better? And ones are their own worst critics, which Amy's going to talk about that part of our longings. Yes. Yeah, so those longings actually expose our core need for Christ. And so really, as you listen to, um, for the perfectionist or the, or the type one, it's really an invitation from God to say goodbye to your inner critic and to recognize that in Christ you're enough and that he's not judging you and just to um, rest in that, in him. Mm -hmm. And for me, um, I mean, this can be a, a good thing in that, um, you know, how I use this, but I've really had to grow and will continue. I won't ever arrive, so I'll continue to grow in receiving Christ's grace toward me. And the more I understand God's grace toward me, then the better I'm at, at giving grace toward other people. And I think um, as I find that in Christ, I'll be able to do that. And I have a little quote. I can't give credit to who said it because I don't have that with me, but I um, have it in, you know, with me internally all the time where it said, um, stop overworking instead overflow. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's the one. The one's always working harder to improve themselves or other people or life around them. And versus overflowing by the power of the Holy Spirit in me and to trust that it's the Spirit's work that's going to overflow through me versus me working harder, working longer, working more. Yeah, so very good. And certainly being married to you for 30 plus years and seeing Christ in you develop this and you help you with this. And that's been the desire that he's given you and the desire of your heart. Um, you've grown in that um, and keep growing. So number two is the helper. I know a little bit about the helper because mm -hmm. that's my type, my primary type. And so tell you us. You help me all the time, honey. I do. Mm -hmm. I do. So tell <laughs> us a little bit about the helper. So this type, um, too, pursues finding satisfaction outside of Christ by um, trying to help and rescue others in order to feel needed. And I want to just, there's a quote from this book that uh, uh, called The Road Back to You. It's by Ian Cron and Suzanne Stable. I'm sure I said that correctly. But they discuss the Enneagram and just how we can use, misuse this for, for, but anyway, they have a quote here and it says, I want you to be happy, but I want to be the reason. Mm -hmm. And so that's Part very, yeah, that's very convicting when it becomes about me and it becomes about myself. And so. Yes. And so for the twos, God invites you to release that burden that you carry to be the savior for others, because that's his job. And to know that you are loved regardless of your contribution. Yeah, very, very freeing um, when I'm in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. And I, and I don't have to be the, the center. I don't have to be the Savior. I can simply enjoy helping. Or in some cases, for me, it's not helping. Mm -hmm. You know, there's cases where it's better somebody else steps up and, and does that. And we've had a change in our life recently where I've heard you say that, mm -hmm. like, it's okay that other people are, you know, doing this or taking care of this. And 
I mean, that that's part of you, you know, growing in Christ there and, and releasing that for other people to the, carry. And what that does for me is it, it causes me to see Christ at work in other people carrying things that maybe I had in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of joy in that. So that's type two. Type three, uh, the word for type three is the performer. So what about type three? So type threes um, pursue success in order to establish their worth in the world. And I mean, this is what's going to look like for them when they're finding satisfaction outside of Christ. And so Christ invites them and, and just says to them, you are not what you do, but God invites you to rest in the fact that you are his beloved child. You are a child of the king and he is well pleased with who you are who he created you to be, not necessarily where you're performing or what you're doing. So this is one where identity really comes to the surface of a person finds identity in what they're doing and the success they have. And as opposed to in Christ and Yes. Okay. And that and that you're his beloved child. I mean, this personality tends to also find it in what other people think of them, what other people would say. So image successful. Yeah. Do other? They're very image conscious. So here you're becoming more Christ conscious of who he's made you to be. All right. So type four is uh, often termed the romantic. I know you'd like to be that. Yeah, I am. <laughs> what do you mean, like to be? Or would I like you to be that? Is that what we're talking about? Don't you think I've grown there in a lot y- of yes, ways? Yes, you have, honey. Um, so the type four, um, they try to find satisfaction outside of Christ by being driven by the need to feel special and have um, a false belief that they will not be loved unless they stand out in some fashion. It's very important for them to be different and unique. God invites you for us to recognize that you are already extraordinary and special because he created you in love for love. And that's just really so critical and that you are not deficient or lacking and that you have all that you need. Mm-hmm. That, that's really good and important for four because otherwise they're always looking. I mean, sometimes they're just being different for the sake of being different in order to be loved and accepted or... Yeah, so that's good. And and these things that you're speaking of, Amy, that speak of what Christ says, of course, this is this this is found in the scriptures. This is why the importance of continuing to read and understand what does God have to say about us is so very important in understanding, you know, He's placed his identity on us. The Spirit is speaking what the word says to our hearts. And that we're resting in that and then not this thing over on the other side that we're trying to create or get for ourselves that is temporary, it's counterfeit, it can never fully last. So that's, uh, we've gone through the first four and now we want to read the next one, number five. And this is, uh, type five is often called the investigator. Mm-hmm. So the type five, in order to find satisfaction in their life outside of Christ, will hold on very tight to their energy and their resources that they have in fear that they're going to run dry. They're not going to have enough. They fear that if they're foolish or uninformed, they are not worthy of love or not worthy to be you know, respected. So it's very important for them to be knowledgeable and to have a lot of perception about life before they actually enter into 
you know, life or conversations when they're um, not walking in Christ. Yes, so God is inviting the fives out there to trust him and to recognize that he is generous and he's going to give you all that you need. And, and he is a loving God who will supply all those needs for you. Um, I heard an analogy once about the fives that they're kind of like our phones when they say they're on the 10% battery and, con- you know, feeling like they're going to run out of, mm. out of battery, out of life. And so that's kind of just the state that they stay in. Mm. So recognizing that God is generous is really a, a good thought or a good thing to maintain, that mm-hmm. he's going to supply all those needs, that you don't have to come up with those resources. Yeah, so even making an idol out of trying to control your resources. Yes. Yeah, yeah. could come up, yeah. So number six, type six, is often called the loyalist. Mm-hmm. So when a type six is trying to find satisfaction outside Christ, um, they'll pursue this with just um, a false belief that they, they have to be the ones to keep a watchful eye in order to assure their protection from harm. Um, they really fear uncertainty, and you know they're they're always trying to make sure that they make their life secure and stable and safe. Yes. So for you sixes, and um, God invites you to give Him your worries and to rest in His provisions for you, that you are safe in Him, and that you can trust that He will guide you in times of trouble. You know, and I hear as we've gone through each of these, we keep using the phrase in Christ or in him. And again, that speaks to the gospel, what, what, what has been done for us. And now that the spirit has, you know, saved us and um, is within us, then it's this constant reassurance that we don't have to find outside of ourselves. And that as we walk in the spirit, as we're commanded to do, that this is where it's going to come. But but really, good categories for us to think through how we specifically do this. And I was thinking about the six, how they want to have all the pieces and all the parts before they'll make a decision, mm-hmm. and how, you know, in life, because we're not God, we never have no. all the pieces, and we never have all the parts to make the perfect, you know, decision. And so I, I like what you put there, Amy, that, you know, God's inviting them to rest in, you know, God's provisions and that he will guide them. I mean, he's their God. Okay, number seven, type seven, is often called the enthusiast. Mm -hmm. And um, it's always good to have sevens as a friend, somebody in the room. They're going to, you know, brighten brighten up the room for sure. Um, so the seven, when they are trying to find satisfaction outside of Christ, they fear that they will be limited or cut off from what is going to make them happy and help them feel free. And so therefore they constantly are avoiding entering into hard emotions. They're going to live above, many times they're just going to live above their internal world. They're lots of fun and can be big encouragers and optimistic, enthusiastic, but they're going to, um, apart from Christ, live above really what's going on in them internally. Mm. Yes, so for the sevens, you are God's instrument of joy and new possibilities. Mm. And it's learning to live in and seek him in the present moment instead of dreaming up what that next adventure would be, recognizing that he is the abundant life. And he will heal and transform your painful emotions if you allow him into those frightening places. Mm. And I was just going to say, um, it's it's easy as a seven instead of dealing with life to find a 
just a really fun distraction or plan the next trip or change jobs or you know do something new and exciting rather than settle down into your internal world so I, I like how you said that too uh, Amy and I was thinking about this seven and, and what you invite them into is a depth of a relationship with God that is often kept at bay because of not wanting to enter into some painful places but right. you know face it part of living in the fallen world is living with the effects of the curse and the pain that can go with it we're all deep you know a mm -hmm. person who's a seven can be dismissed perhaps sometimes if they're not very deep well that's just not true right. everybody has a depth a god-given depth of you know where, where we created in god's image and live out of our heart is mm -hmm. what the scriptures say about it so that you know very encouraging for a seven to be able to you know find that in Christ. So what about number number eight? Type eight is often termed uh, the challenger. Um, yes, and they, uh, when they try and find satisfaction outside of Christ, they fear that they are unprotected and vulnerable. Therefore, they must stand their ground and maintain control over their life. So God's really inviting the eights. Um, to trust him, especially when you feel vulnerable and powerless, that you are to admit your weaknesses and reveal your struggles. This is the only way you will ever have access to his strength and his power. So it's really, an, you know, he's inviting you to trust him with your vulnerable spots. And then, go ahead. I was going to tell you, read, read that quote out of um, that book, Under yeah. the Eight. Yeah, so it's from General George Patton, mm -hmm. and uh, an eight would like that. Uh, mm -hmm. Lead me, follow me, or get out of my way. Yeah. <laughs> is often the attitude of an eight. Yeah, they're great leaders. I mean, that's such a positive. Um, and you might not know an eight lives with all, as all of us do, insecurities. You know, because when we're in, when we're going for these temporary counterfeit things, there can't be security. You can't live with lasting security, and so it's actually a gift to realize you don't have to in Christ. Yeah. And in, in, in Christ, you can be just as good a leader, just as competent and strong and capable as a leader. Um, it's just who you're depending upon is going to be that which sustains you as opposed to you, you having to sustain everything. And we were taught in graduate school um, to lead out of our brokenness. And I know you say that to men especially a lot, um, you know, because men will just avoid because... They, they don't want to admit that they're weak and you'll say, you know, your power is when you lead out of your brokenness and so that really comes into what Amy's saying here, the core need in Christ for an eight is they're going to be able to admit that brokenness first to the Lord and get his strength and then to others and then freedom comes, talk yeah. about the chasing freedom instead of being stuck in your you know, in your faith there you, you trust Christ with your heart and your situations and then in your weaknesses we we need christ and you need christ so we are all the way to the last type type nine and type nine is often called the peacemaker and a type nine lives under a false belief that they don't matter um, when they're you know seeking satisfaction outside of christ they will let go of their own needs in order to please others and avoid um, any kind of pressing situation because it's, as Amy said before she's a nine so it's all about finding peace and comfort 
And um, so sometimes that'll happen with avoiding situations where, you know, it might be conflict or there might not be peace and comfort. Yes, and so true for me as a nine. Just even I can find peace if I can make sure all the people around me are peaceful, you know, which that's not my job either. So um, for the for those of us that are nines, God invites us to stop listening to the expectations of others and learn to recognize that still small voice within you and show up. <clears throat> I say that often for nines. The key is showing up <laughs> and recognizing you have something to offer that is refreshing and a calm influence in an uptight world. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have so much to offer, so I'm glad you show up. And, and so, Amy, I think it, it, this, there's a quote here by Virginia Woolf from, from this book, um, the, the Road Back to You, uh, that just says, for a nun, you cannot find peace by avoiding life. Right. So in its, in its uh, kind of negative sense, that uh, may not even engage in life. Right. Yes. And you can't, I mean, you can't fix relationships or grow relationally if you don't have conflict. And so, you know, nines have to step into that. I mean, we all do. Sure. Every number has to. But, but for nine, but might, some, especially you know, require some, a lot of courage. It's going to, yes. And I feel like that what they have to say in that mm-hmm. matters. Mm-hmm. It's really important if you're married to a nine that you place a lot of value in what they have mm-hmm. to say because they doubt that. And I think a key thing also for nines in recognizing that, that we are the peacekeepers, um, nines don't avoid conflict if they recognize the conflict will bring about growth that, that allows them, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So if it feels like it's just conflict for the sake of conflict, they're not going to go there. Mm-hmm. But it is true that um, they will step into it if they feel like it's going to create peace and growth within a relationship. Mm-hmm. And you know one of the things I recognize in in the nine and in you that you provide for a group or a family is just the the bringing together um, because we've got in our large family um, you all are you know all these different there's, personality there's types five kids and yeah. each is married and numerous grandkids there's a lot of personalities and at times conflict and you know when we're together there's a lot of fun and at times it can get a little tense but you know, you, Amy, have the, the ability with what you bring to be able to, to keep us connected, and uniquely so. Mm-hmm. Probably, uh, you know, in, in the part you play as much as anybody to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think as we just, you know, kind of wrap up these different Enneagram types, it's, it's, it's good to recognize that, once again, we all have longings. And where are we turning to fulfill these longings? Because it's it's going to be daily that we have to, as Worley has already said, calm down and recognize what's going on inside of me. Why do I have this longing? And what am I turning to in order to meet that need? And so we get that choice to either live out of the flesh, which is kind of what Danina highlighted, or to live out of the spirit, which is what I highlighted in this is talk about when God invites us into his presence. And... It's just a daily choice. And C.S. Lewis has a quote that says, The time will come when you will regard all this misery as a small price to pay for having been brought to that dependence. Meanwhile, the trouble is that relying on God has to begin all over again every day as if nothing yet has been done. Mm And on one hand, that's just so hopeful because to just know, I mean, I'm a one to think I'm never going to arrive and that's normal 
that's good, that's okay. You know, I'm not, I don't have to keep striving. Um, but on the other hand, it's like, this is work. Yes. Because we got to start over. We got to start over every day, but we've got to start over in the right place as part of what you're saying, Amy. Right. Yes, it's, it is that in Christ, like, I guess another way to say it is check your motive. Like, why are you chasing after what you're chasing after? Is it to know your creator better? Or is it just to try to calm whatever storm's going on inside of you just to get through it? Which leads you to just live in the circumstantial evidences of life instead of living in the fullness of who Christ is in your circumstances. Mm-hmm. And he is our hope, our only hope. So very good. Just a call for us to continue to grow in our relationship with Christ. And uh, he who began a good work in you will continue it. And so he's about this this. Uh, growth work so good good information but we want to go just a little bit further than than what we've done so far so we're going to do another podcast and in our third podcast next time we're going to talk about what do we do about it and just give some specific things from scripture and just uh, in in life what do we do with all this so next time we'll pick up there Mm -hmm. thanks amy you're welcome Thank you for joining Worley and Danina today on the Redeemed Hearts podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are looking for more content from Worley and Danina, we encourage you to visit redeemedheartsministries.com where you'll find blog posts, free podcast episodes, and they've just launched the Redeemed Hearts Ministries video store and subscription memberships. Worley and Danina will be putting out monthly videos that go deeper into matters of the heart with tips and tools for life and relationships. It is our hope that these videos will further help you mentally, emotionally, relationally, and spiritually as you live from your redeemed heart. And be sure to check out this month's videos on worry and anxiety. Again, visit the website to check out the different subscription levels that are available, and each video is also available for individual purchase in the video store. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in today. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify, and share this episode on social media please feel free to reach out and contact us through the website. God bless.